From WUWM, Milwaukee's NPR, this is Capital Notes, a podcast about Wisconsin politics and politicians. I'm Marty Michelson. Each week, I discuss noteworthy developments with J.R. Ross, editor of WISPolitics.com. Here's our latest conversation. So, J.R., the presidential recount in Milwaukee and Dane counties is underway. Unofficial results from November 3rd show President-elect Joe Biden is ahead of President Trump in Wisconsin by about 20,000 votes. The recount began on Friday with Trump's attorneys immediately alleging fraud and seeking to discount tens of thousands of ballots. The recount is about to enter its fourth day, and election officials are now accusing Trump of obstructing the process because of constant interruptions and challenges. They say that few votes have actually been counted, and the process is falling far behind. The deadline for Wisconsin to certify its election results is December 1st. What do you think will happen here? What if the deadline isn't met? Well, right now there aren't any signs that they're going to miss it. Yes, it's going slow, but I haven't seen yet any real red flags about them not making it. In fact, Dane County officials expressed confidence they're going to be able to get this done on time. So I don't know where they're just yet that it's going to, we're going to worry about missing the deadline. Do you think this case will ultimately head to court? And if so, on what grounds? Oh, this is all about going to court. Look, you know, traditionally in Wisconsin, when you have a, a recount, all you do is take the ballots and feed them back to the machines and count them a second time. That's not what the petition that the Trump campaign filed is more about trying to disqualify tens of thousands of ballots that were cast by people who are following the orders or the advice, the directions they were given by state and local election officials. They are trying to tee up a challenge to how absentee ballots were cast in Wisconsin's election. Uh, for example, when you go vote early and in person, um, you get an envelope to sign that says across the top, there's a certificate slash application and the affidavit on there that you would sign says that this signifies you are requesting an absentee ballot. Why that's important is the Trump campaign is arguing, for example, that with those early in-person votes, there wasn't a proper written request for an absentee ballot. Well, obviously, the envelope says it's a written application, but nobody's ever challenged that in court before. So what they're hoping to do, if they go through with it, is once this process of recount is over, they're going to lose all these challenges because we have more in part because you have more Democrats than Republicans on these three these commissions that are making decisions. Uh, once they lose those challenges, the counts finish. They're going to go to court and raise the same exact issues in court. Other thing, um, the Elections Commission for at least the last four, past four years has been advising local clerks that if there's missing information on the absentee ballot application, such as a missing zip code or something like that from the witness, that they can use information that's publicly available to fill it in or contact the voter. The Trump campaign is challenging that as well. Now, that advice, again, has been in place for at least four years. It's never been challenged in court before. The entire goal is to disqualify ballots. They're not, the Trump campaign is not going to flip the results in Wisconsin by just having a second count of the ballots that were cast November 3rd. What it's hoping to do is have these thousands of ballots thrown out in enough numbers that it could try to uh, overturn the more than 20,000 vote lead that Joe Biden has. I do not know if they'll be successful. I mean, in talking to lawyers last week, one thing I heard from them was that traditionally, if there's a mistake in the way an election is administered, you know, something done by the people who are running it, the voters aren't penalized or votes aren't thrown out. The Trump campaign is arguing that these voters did not follow the letter of the law, letter of the law 
and therefore their vote shouldn't be counted. That's kind of a, an unusual request, um, and I don't know how far we'll get with the courts, but that's where we're heading eventually. Also last week, Democratic Governor Tony Evers, along with Republican Assembly Speaker Robin Voss and newly elected Republican Senate Majority Leader Devin Lemahue, met to discuss coronavirus relief measures. It happened after both sides introduced separate priorities amid skyrocketing numbers of cases and hospitalizations. Evers and Voss hadn't talked since May, and both sides said that Friday's meeting was productive, but didn't elaborate. What are you hearing as far as details of this meeting? Not much um, that they're going to meet again. There was talk about getting together the week after Thanksgiving. Um, one of the big questions out there is whether they're going to get something done this year yet. Remember, the new legislative session begins in January. There is still time for a lame duck session, the legislature to come in and take up anything that uh, it wanted to. There's no guarantee we'll do that. The governor has suggested that uh, Republicans should be able to come in and do something to get something done quickly. But I just don't know yet if there's the appetite for doing that, especially come in in January and do it with a new legislature and maybe kind of a blank slate for the session. The other thing to remember is if um, they do come in, you know, Senate Republicans hadn't uh, taken up dozens and dozens of bills that some Republicans passed before the pandemic hit. If Republicans, if the legislature does come in, there will be maybe a push to get some of those bills. You're also going to have some Republican lawmakers in the Senate who want to look at some of Governor Evers' appointees. There are several who have not been confirmed yet. There might be a push to uh, reject those nominations if they come to floor. So coming in before the end of the year opens a whole can of worms for leadership to kind of figure out. And it's not clear yet what they can agree on in terms of a COVID bill. Uh, the, governor, the bill the governor put out uh, early last week. A lot of it was kind of extending things that were in place to the bill they passed back in April, and kind of more of, of dealing with the impact of the pandemic. There weren't any new uh, containment measures, you know, like anything giving them powers to issue a mass mandate or give them powers to restrict public gatherings. There was some money in there, but the governor's office says that was more of a placeholder for the discussion in case the feds don't do another stimulus package. But it was you know, north of $500 million for, to pay for contact tracing, to pay for testing costs, and also, you know, to cover another a new pot of money for small businesses. So, you know, there, there are a lot more questions. We have answers right now about what where they're at in terms of getting a, a bill done. Uh, but I wouldn't be surprised, if, you know, if they just wait until next session when, in January to come in and do something. And finally, Governor Evers last week extended the statewide mask mandate into January. At least one challenge to the original mask order, which was set to expire last week, is still out there. With the mask mandate extended, what happens to that lawsuit, and would plaintiffs have to issue a new challenge? We're waiting for the Supreme Court to act. If the court were to come in and strike down that second mandate, I'm sure there'd be an immediate challenge to the third one the governor issued, and it would be overturned if the court you know, overturns the second one, and it would be overturned on the grounds that it doesn't, it's not legal under that order. So you'd have to wait and see what the Supreme Court's ruling was, how it was crafted, and then somebody would, if it were adverse, an adverse decision to the governor, then there'd probably be additional court action to strike down this new mass mandate. That's WISPolitics.com editor J.R. Ross. 
you can join us each week for our conversations. And if you haven't done so already, subscribe to Capital Notes on iTunes, NPR One, or wherever you get your podcasts.